Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Andrea McKenzie with us today. And I'm just looking at her website. And the picture there is gorgeous with this amazing orange wall. And it turns out it's in her living room, which I like that down to earth. This is who I am. And is that part of leadership, uh, Andrea, just being yourself? Or do you have to take on another persona? Oh, you're starting with a great question. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, I mean, I, you know, authenticity, I think, is absolutely, um, well, it's a huge value of mine, right? And the definition of leadership, right, can be all over the map in terms of, you know, what are, what are we leading ourselves towards? What does success look like? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, right, I think there's there's a little bit of subjectivity there. Yeah, I thought authenticity makes great leaders. If we know ourselves and who we are, that's what we're leading with most. I think that gives us a, a really good foundation. And world according to Umar, there are some people that actually make great leaders. Uh, I think very few are probably born that way. But, uh, but there's some people that just should not be leading. Thoughts? Oh, you're going to make me disagree with you almost in, immediately. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I actually think everyone is a leader, and I think that that's a, that's a really. Have you me, met people really that important. I know? Have you met people that I know in leadership positions that at it and are basically accusatory, judgmentalist about my glory, not about the team? Like that's like uh, Dilbert was like uh, they did a whole. <laughs> About that. So, uh, so, so, so I guess I guess the, the, yeah. the real differentiator is, you know, great leadership. And what does that mean? But in, in my opinion, right, everyone is a leader and can grow into something that's purposeful for them. Right. So we're leading ourselves somewhere, whether we like it or not. We need to take responsibility for that. Right. As individuals, as no matter where you are in an organization, community, whatever, take responsibility for your leadership. Lead yourself somewhere consciously right? Every day, right? And in terms of great leadership, open your mind up. Maybe you could be a great leader. Maybe maybe that's something that is that could be in your future, even if someone put you down and said that you weren't, right? So I think everybody has that opportunity in their life. So let's yeah. balance, uh, let's kind of play with that. And uh, okay. uh, the idea here today, Andrea, is not to, uh, is very much to kind of explore something deeply. And so it'll be an interesting conversation. So I am pretty amazing at squash. And by amazing, I mean I really enjoy it. But in terms of actual skill set, today I got my butt kicked really badly. I'm not going to be an Olympian in squash. No matter how hard I try, I'm just not going to get there for many reasons. Uh, athleticism, age, uh, hand-eye coordination, uh, all kinds of stuff. But so the same is true for leadership, no? That not everybody sure. has the capacity to be a great leader. It's just not in the cards. It's just not how they made up. So 
I guess what I'm saying is to to think of leadership across many different facets, right? I'm not talking about the CEO of a Fortune 500 company necessarily, right? Like the skill set you need to be a leader in different things is going to be very different. You could be a leader in your community, you know, creating you know, um, amazing charity and philanthropic, you know, opportunities. You could be a leader in uh, in just your family alone, right? In your life, leading yourself somewhere, right? We all are leading ourselves somewhere, right? We all are, right? Whether consciously or unconsciously, right? So, so to be a great leader. So let's take a look at that because there are a lot of people floundering and they're leading themselves in a circle, which is Technically, they're leading, but they're actually not doing anything. So here's, let's, let's actually define it. So I agree. We're all on a journey. We're all on a path. Yeah. And some of us struggle a lot on that path. True statement, false statement. In terms of struggling, absolutely, right? Even the greatest leaders have moments in time where they where they struggle or they doubt or they worry or they have fear. Or all of these things. They're not sure if they're doing the right thing and so on. I think, you know, one of the one of the things that I also want to differentiate between, right, is the difference between authority and power and leadership, right? There are people who lead people in amazing places, right, who have no power and no authority whatsoever. They stand up for what they believe in and they they lead in that 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 way. So when we understand that about ourselves, we're able to put that out there into the world and lead ourselves and lead people to the things we really want to create in life. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So 100% I agree with you. True. Uh, the second portion of that is this. There are some people out there that have the authority and have the power, but they do not use that. They use their influence and they use their inspiration and do the exact same thing. So they are the CEO or a leader of this organization, but they choose to lead in that way. So there's two sides of the same coin. Brilliant. And there are also people that are just not good at it. Like take a look at a lot of community organizations. A lot of them struggle and every once in a while an Andrea comes and joins as a volunteer and comes up and has in, inspires people to go from settling for, you know, we ha- So here's a good example. I was working with the Fuel Fund of Maryland and their director said, "Look, you know, my board is looking to increase what we're doing by about 15% this year. And that's not good enough. What we need to do is go two or threefold." So how do we get them to refocus on what they're doing? Were they doing a good job? Absolutely. Were they going to increase what they were doing this year? Absolutely. Were they sitting on the sidelines? Yes. And what we ended up doing was going in and getting the same group of people leading, but just getting them to get off the sidelines and get on the front line. And one of the main things they had to do was just open up. I'm going to say an old word. You don't understand this, Andrea, because you're not old enough, sweetie. Open up their Rolodex and say, who? I've got these connections. I can help this organization do better. So there's always that as well, right? Potential leadership is there and it takes the right person to inspire to let it blossom. True? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I have had a Rolodex and I am old enough to know what a Rolodex <laughs> is. Um, but yes, um, I, I think I think what, you know, there's a lot of nuances here. Like there's semantics, right? I, I think that people need to be aligned with whatever it is that they're doing, right? They need to have the skill to your point earlier, right? They need to not only have it, but continue to develop, right? Their understanding and knowledge of what it is that they're doing. Yes. They have to have the desire and the motivation. And they also have to be doing things in a way that is true to how they naturally do things. And when those things aren't aligned, it's not the right leadership position for them. 
But it's not to say that there's not some other leadership position that would be fantastic, right? So I think that there's there's a few things. If you're leading people, right? So you're leading a group of people. Now you need to make sure that those people are aligned so that they can move forward and they're authentic and they're self, they're free. Let's, let's stop things. there for a second. So yeah. I love that. So oftentimes in organizations, you can take companies, the executive room. So not the boardroom where the directors sit, but you know, where the VP of this and the VP of that sit. <laughs> Oftentimes they're not aligned and they have the illusion of alignment, but that need of humans to, my department has to win. I need to look like a hero in the story. And if that troublemaker Andrea comes up with an idea, I'm not going to sabotage it. And I've heard this from actual executives, but I'm not going to support it either. And so, so there's this like biological need to look like a hero. So I have prestige, the CEO likes me, people think I'm important. But then we have organizations where people set aside their personal agendas and go, how do I make this organization win? It's about the organization. It's not about the CEO. It's not about me. It's not about the other VPs. But how do I selflessly come together to make something work? And how do we do that? Because, you know, that's the magic trick that needs to be done. Oh, so many, so many things in there. Well, first of all, that win-lose competition concept mm-hmm. is is just going to create serious fear and negative energy across the board. It's not really a great place to work when people function that way, right? But, yeah, but let's just be clear. It is very common. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's ext- let's be clear. It is extremely common, right? So yeah, it's five, five. And, and, and fear-based motivation is not sustainable. You're going to lose people like flies, right? So that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about being in a great position for your leadership and where you really want to go. You want to create something. You've used the word inspiration many times, right? So yeah, finding a way to get to that win-win where everybody, you know, is getting, you know, really growing and doing something that they're really excited about. But I think there's also another thing here. I love how you use the word hero because I always talk about like middle management being Mm -hmm. sort of the unsung hero because middle management has that squeeze, right? If if they have somebody who's above them, you know, trying to motivate them through fear, we got to win, you know, uh, you know, make sure, you know, do this or else, you know, that kind of thing. But they're trying to not necessarily depart, you know, put that onto their people. They're in a really tough position. So it really needs to be something that's systemic, right? That allows everybody to get to that win-win. And just coming back to that, uh, uh, it turns out a lot of lawsuits that happen in organizations happen at middle management level because oftentimes they're not trained well enough to do the job they're put into. So I agree, they're squeezed in between the two. So here is my uh, concept. And, you know, I've been pushing back on you, so feel free to push back on me. Yeah. So I think one of the things we need to do as great leaders is this, is we need to have a vision that is so compelling. People go, you know what? That's worth fighting for. And I think really being clear on what you want and having something that inspires people to go, I want to go on this journey. And for some people to say, this is bullshit. I don't want to be part of this. And they step up. That's a blessing as well. Thoughts on the, am I getting close to what we need? Vision. Oh yeah. Vision, vision. Yes, absolutely. I think both from a person at a personal level and for a company that everybody is aligned, right? With the vision, where are we going with the values? What are our shared values here? You know, what, what values do we extend? What experience do we extend to our customers? Do we extend that also to the people around us? You know, what are the things that we want to put out there into the world? I think people get excited when they know that they're part of something and there's a vision and there's, 
I don't know, just a culture, an unspoken thing that we're all in this together. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Does it happen all the time? No. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Yeah. So yeah. Uh, where, where in the world are you? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, so there's a, there's a really amazing town. Uh, it's a city, but it's kind of a small town called Baltimore on the other coast. Yeah. And the, which is like an amazing place. I used to live there. They've got this organization there called McVets. And this is the magic trick that McVets does, is they help people that were uh, uh, in the service, like in the Army or Navy or whatever, and they have to be uh, drug-free. And if they get into the program, they take them from being homeless to having their own apartment, their own job, and their own life within 18 months. And one of the ways they do that, and if you happen to be a drug addict or an alcoholic, other people have programs that you can go through there and then come join these guys. And the thing that was so impressive was you could almost eat off the floor at their facility. It was an old facility, but pristine. And you couldn't tell the inmates from the uh, the prisoners because everybody wakes up five o'clock in the morning like they used to in the military. Everybody's wearing a suit, the men, the women, the instructors, the students. And it was just so polished that they had this culture and they, they borrowed from the military to have that discipline. And it just provided a home for these people to go on this 18 month journey, which was just like miraculous. And a lot of nonprofits sometimes struggle a lot where they have a good cause and they want to do good, but just need leadership to help them uh, realize it in a, in a higher way. Yeah. I mean, nonprofits are their own very intricate, very, very intricate uh, situation. Um, and you got to have something that you, I mean, in that case, you got to have something that you're really standing for. You know, you're trying yeah, to bring in, yeah. something to a group of people or to a, I don't know, the environment, whatever it happens to be that you're bringing it to, but you also have to have that side where you're getting the donors who know and believe that you're being, again, authentic, real, honest, all of these things. And so, yeah, branding and, and not just branding in terms of messaging and things, but true brand, who are you, <laughs> becomes a huge piece of it. And one of the ways you can feel it is like, uh, I can go to, I happen to be in Toronto today, I can go to a bunch of companies here and I will go in and I will go to their walls and I'll see something amazing that talks about their vision and their mission and their values and how they value people and <laughs> yeah. customers and the environment and yeah. the whale. And then you ask people, what's this place really like? And they go, not that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When yeah. you walk into a place and you just feel like, oh my God, I've come somewhere yeah. special. And uh, if we could all build that, I'm, I'm going to tell you my secret to building that later on, but why don't we do an experiment? You and I are going to change the world right here, right now. So why don't we collaborate on what are the five essential elements we need to build great leaders? Oh, what do we need to build great leaders? Um, a cattle prod? No, not that. Not that. I think you the first, first thing is is to help people understand that they have, you know, responsibility and choice over over their lives, right? That that yeah. they can create, you know, what it is that they want, and um, I think that's the found one of the biggest foundations. Yeah, that is like so huge because a lot of people, and this is my hypothesis. Dear listeners, please comment to us that they feel trapped in their own lives in this, like, I have my kids and I have my spouse and my in-laws and my company and my employees and this, and they just feel like they're part of the system but locked into it. 
And one of the things we need to realize is that uh, when you know who you are, you get to decide what you want to create. And other people aren't going to change unless you figure out what you want. And the best way to do that is to fall madly, passionately in love with you. Yeah, it all starts with that. It all starts with yeah. really knowing who you are. And I think exactly that that construct you just mentioned, which is like, you know, you have responsibility to your kids and your mortgage and your husband, all these different things, starts to make you sometimes feel like, well, I can't think about myself or I can't, you know, well, I don't have time to, or that's impossible. Like, so it's a whole belief system that is now yeah. coming straight down onto your shoulders saying, no, you are stuck, but you're not. And that's the truth. Right. And, and I think that it all comes down to fear. The minute that fear comes in, well, I can't because then this would happen or then that would happen. The minute that starts to come into your head, you know, it's false. It's that's just the truth is not fear. <laughs> yeah. So we're still on point number one. We're going to go to point two in a minute. But I, I read this thing the other day that just was just like amazing. It's like uh, love is being one with the source and yeah. fear is being yeah. out of alignment with the source. Yeah. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? So one, know yourself. And what's number two? We're going to come up with five by the time we're done. Uh, so what's number two, do you think? And if you need to throw the ball over to me, I'll help out too. But let's go with number two. Um, seeing mistakes as opportunities or unwanted outcomes as opportunities, right? No matter what happens. So I'm a firm believer in, uh, Andrea, you have a God-given right to suck, is my firm belief. And the reason I like that is this, is that most people wait till, you know, when I get all the education or when this thing is perfect, then I'll be able to do that. And so, Andrea, pretty much anything that I give you to do, like a task from I want you to learn how to tap dance or whatever, uh, that you just look like the kind of person that it's going to take you, you know, a day, two days, whatever you put out effort is going to be pretty damn decent. But if you got caught up in it, it has to be perfect, it'll never get done. But if we could have this thing like, I have the right to suck, and it gives you the freedom to go play. And I think playing is such a great way to get good at it. And that feedback that, you know, hey, this didn't work out. What's this trying to teach me? And that kind of mindset, I think, is, is huge. So number two, I love it. What's number three? You didn't know it was going to be hard work coming on the show, did you? <laughs> it's actually, oh, this is fun for me. I love this. Um, I would say, um, so the first, what did we say already? We said. Know yourself. We, you know uh, yourself. The results, like, oh, failure doesn't mis- define you. Mistakes you know, are you great. Mistakes are great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think number three would be. Maybe find the win-win, you know, especially in in a group setting, you know, find yeah. the win-win. So that's kind of interesting, number three. I'm not sure if we can get other people to win as well, that makes perfect sense. And I think in leadership, it's, uh, how would I articulate it? You say win-win, I would find, I'd articulate slightly different. It would be more, how do you find common cause? Which is another way of just saying the same thing. It's just articulated differently. <laughs> yeah, common. I guess a common common ground. Common. Yeah, you know, it's goal, like a, right? Where you're, you're going towards the same thing, so everybody is winning in the end, right? Everybody is. And if and if somebody has to walk away because it's not for them, that's also a win. 
It's right? absolutely it's- 100%. And, I, and I'm a firm believer if we get the right culture in an organization where there's trust, there's drive, there's passion, and it's not about me and my department, and it's like you guys made a mistake. It's like, uh, you need help? How can I help you? Uh, we got yeah. two people in our department. We're going to send them to your department to help out while you guys need it. That kind of stuff is beautiful. And then there's people that are in the organization go, no, I want to stay hidden. It's like, you know, if there's something, if I'm not doing something, I don't want anybody else to know. When you have this kind of culture where everybody's like driving for greatness, people that were hiding behind mistakes get found out immediately. So yeah, if they exit a blessing. So what yeah. is number four? Dun, dun, dun. Um, okay. This, I think maybe, um, advocating for well-being and growth for everyone. Nice. So articulate that more. What does that mean? I mean, honestly, I love this, this, this thing where people are really talking about well-being, which is, which is not just wellness and the body, but well-being meaning a state of mind, which which also indicates that like you're being treated with with, with just simple respect, right? For example, right? If somebody's treating you with respect, you feel typically like you're in a good state of mind, even if you disagree with somebody, right? So I think this idea that well-being and well-being also, I think also kind of implies growth, right? That that people are getting to- it does. And there's something about, you know, human beings, well-being, it's almost about uh, the essence of who you are being okay which is uh, uh, which is better than different than wellness. Wellness is I'm healthy. Well-being mm-hmm. is about like that inner space as well. That essence of who you are is doing okay. So number five, here we go. We go for the stretch. What is number five in terms of leadership? There's something about freedom and choice. Mm-hmm. Again, that is so important, right? Because I think when we talk about dictatorships or bad leaders or things like that, right, you're, you're leading through fear. So I think there's something about, particularly, again, if you're leading people, but also leading yourself, that yeah. you're allowing people to be free, right? That you're, you're constantly understanding that people always have a choice, that you always have a choice. And I'm not exactly sure how to truncate that into a little bullet I'll point truncate for you, it, but... if I may. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, My number five would be have fun. <laughs> yeah. We're having fun and joy and laughter. Like that's the number one value for my company is fun. And the criteria is how will we know? There'll be smiling faces and there'll be laughter uh, happening with us, with our customers. And if we're doing that, uh, we're doing something pretty amazing because, you know, uh, taking life seriously sucks. And I think our, our best selves come out when we have fun. If I remember this, it was like somebody smart was saying the five essentials to being a good human being. It was like sleep. You need to have the right amount of sleep. This is like self-leadership, I guess. Yeah. You need to be eating healthy so you fuel your body in the right way. And number three was uh, exercise, that you're exercising. Uh, number four, I don't remember. Four was sex. That you know, having a, se- a healthy sexual relationship, that's part of being human. And number five yeah. was fun. That we're having fun. If you're doing that, you'll be a great, joyous, spiritual human being. Here's a, here's a way I think maybe, tell me if you, again, totally disagree with me anytime. I'm, I'm never offended, right? But so what was interesting is I said freedom, which is one of my biggest values. Like yes. really up there, maybe my number one. 
And you said fun, which you said is one of your biggest values. And what I think we're saying, if we sum it up together, yes. right, is that that as a leader, you are staying true to your values, that you are living your values, right? Because, yeah. you know, some companies, it might not be fun. It actually might be really serious and that, right, <laughs> they, they can't necessarily make that their number one right. value. Some people, right, they're, they're in the trenches, whatever they're doing. But I think, and you mentioned like the military, the military has really strong values that they stick towards. So I think that's what it is, is knowing what those core values are and not straying from them, practicing them every day. There's this thing that I believe uh, that I picked up along the way, and I probably stole this from somebody. Whoever I stole it from, you are amazing. Uh, that we're <laughs> each born with uh, a cup that's brimming with this precious oil that allows us to be who we are and be magical. And each time we lie, did you know I'm handsome? Like that kind of lie is not what I'm talking about. The kind of lie I'm talking about is where I violate my integrity. And if you don't know what your integrity is and what you really stand for, that water goes into that cup. And the first drop of water that comes down, this actually is brimming means there's like a dome of oil. The first drop that hits it, it spills oil all over the cup. And then it goes to the bottom of uh, the cup. And pretty soon you get more water than you have oil. And I think what we're describing is when you're true to yourself, you put oil back in that internal cup that allows you to have resiliency and allows you to have uh, the strength and the courage and the uh, tenacity to be of service to people around you. Before we part company, I'm going to tell you my, about my project right at the end. But before we part company, I have a few questions for you, Andrea. Are you ready? Huh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, try me. <laughs> I'm ready. Just got a finger on the hang up button. And you, I'm like, I can't hear you very you. well. And all of a sudden, I can't hear you very well. <laughs> <laughs> what brings joy and happiness God. to your life? What brings joy and happiness to my life? Oh, boy. Um, oh, at a very simplistic level, music. I love, nice. just love. What's your favorite song? Pure Oh my gosh! You can't. I'm I'm a musician. You can't do that to me. Um, I I can't. I can't answer that question. Grounding one of my babies. I can't do that. Okay, we won't no. do that. So music. So number two. What is one mind hack that you'd like to share with our listeners that would allow them to implement right now today to be happier, sexier, more productive, a better leader, yeah, a better better hack. interview host? Like, what would that hint be? <laughs> I think I think something I touched on earlier maybe could be more kind of a mind hack, which is this idea of when when you start hearing those voices, like the minute you start trying to determine what it is you want or how, you know what you stand for, or whatever, and you start hearing that those voices of fear, you know, I can't do that because yeah. this will happen or that'll happen. Just really sit with how true that really is. Constantly ask yourself, how true is that? How true. Because most of the time, fear is... It's not. A lie. You're but if you have a well-framed uh, inner voice, it goes, how true is that? You remember the time you failed? No, yeah. go away. So here's <laughs> what I want to share with you. I've got a project coming up, and I could use some help on it. So get your wallet out. We're going to be sending money over. So uh, let me tell you what it's about. So here's my theory. There is love like romantic love, but there is a state of love that I could drop down into. And if I was preparing a meal, I could prepare the meal uh, for my family or for you. And it would just be, I'm cooking and I'm doing, but I could drop down into a place of love 
and it changes the experience of cooking for me, where I could be playing tennis, trying to win ego, and doing okay, but when I drop down into a state of love, instantly the game seems to slow down, I'm more strategic, I'm fully present. If you and I were doing an interview and I drop down into a state of love, uh, we've never met before, and this interview would have a different feel if I drop down into that state. So A, do you think that's a crazy idea? And B, how would one drop down into a state of love, do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I think you said something earlier about, oh, I can't remember what you said. Something about source, something about... Do being one with that? source. Yeah. And, love and is what being was, one with the source and people yes, is being in alignment with source. So if, yeah, so if we go with that concept and, you know, mm-hmm. assuming, I mean, some people don't, don't believe in, you know, divinity and things like that, but I think whatever that could be to you, right? Yeah. Whatever that is to you, seeing that in other people and seeing that in yourself, knowing that that is part of who you are, no matter what somebody's coming at you with, trying to, to turn that into, okay, this person still has that that divinity as part of who they yeah. are. And this is, right? This relationships will teach me something. This experience yeah. will teach me something. Yeah. And thank you for, for sharing that. Cause you know, that's uh kind of, I am a firm believer in useful lies. What have you just said? Let's assume that's not true, but it's freaking useful, isn't it? And my belief is it is true. But uh, so yeah, don't get caught up in whether it works, uh, whether it's true or not. The question is, does it work or not for you, dear listener and viewer? And Andrea, thank you so much for being uh, yourself and being open to like, you know, right out of the gate. I kind of asked you a tough question and you just kind of went with it. And uh, uh, I appreciate you. And I'm so glad we had this chance to hang out together today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I love being challenged. So I've enjoyed every minute of it. Don't, don't, um, don't think I didn't. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I thought, I thought that your, um, your questions were unique and that I had, I, I immediately felt like I could, you know, be myself and say what I wanted to say. And I'm, I'm always like a, you know, I kind of go back and forth and, and I like to, dig dig deeper into things so there there was it was fun so you brought the fun right you brought the fun just like your your value system so i enjoyed it if you enjoyed this episode please go to itunes and leave a five-star rating and if you're looking for more tools go to my website at nolimitselling.com i've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming And that is the fastest way to get better results.